Twas four days before Christmas, and all through the factory house, world domination was planned by a jowly mouse. Noodle noggins were hung from the chimney with care, in hopes that Steven Spielberg soon would be there. On this episode of WatchBots. Narf! holiday tidings to you and yours welcome to WatchBots. this is ben great to be here so excited <laughs> i'm here i'm ready to go a wassailing i'm here with shailen hello <laughs> couldn't remember what joke i was gonna make <laughs> figgy pudding dave figgy pudding yeah i'm here with jingle bells on Woo! that's right jingle jingle Listeners will, of course, know our yearly tradition of the Jingle Bells playing under the song, the highest production <laughs> we can afford. Can't wait to hear it. It'll be great. Can we not bring holiday tidings that way? I think we sure can. We're a little late. The holiday season is upon us, though. And there's nothing that says holidays like religion. And I want to spend a moment talking about religion here. Specifically, the Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> For those who don't know, there is a new docuseries on HBO about the Heaven's Gate cult. And the Heaven's Gate cult was, they were generally like made fun of for thinking that they were going to be taken away on UFOs. And then they did the biggest mass suicide in US history in 1997. I've always been fascinated with the story because it happened when I was in eighth grade and we had like this weekly thing where people would talk about the news. And so we talked about this fucking crazy wild-eyed guy and they all killed themselves by eating pudding with drugs, and it was wild. So we watched this docuseries, and it's about how the cult came together and their ideology and like you know just this weird thing around cults. But the way they do it is they're interviewing former cult members, and you know like when you hear about cults and people killing themselves, and then you see people who are out of it, you're always like, what made them fall out of love with this? And there was one dude, and he had joined up with his girlfriend. And like after the cult, so he and his girlfriend joined the cult together. Mm -hmm. They were together when they were recruited, but the cult is like a sexless cult. This is a very big thing. And then they get sort of split apart, but he always, like he said, like he always still had feelings for her. And eventually the cult leader made fun of him and he left, but he always pined after this woman. And she was one of the ones that killed herself. And this is really like sad story. It is the most awful thing. I was just sobbing. But then there's another dude who's a former cult member and He's just this wild looking guy, like a mountain man looking fella. But you could tell like the way he talks about it, that he's still really into the teachings. And I was watching it and Jalen was watching it with me. And we're like for two and a half episodes of this thing, you're like, why did this guy leave? Like he's clearly like still into these ideas. All right. So he's into it, but he's like somehow he either he got out, he, he left in some, some form or fashion. Yeah. He, like there were points where he would sort of interject like, 
you know, because of this principle that we all follow. And it's like, yeah. but dude, they're not following <laughs> they're that anymore. Um, you know, he didn't go through with the castration because a lot of them went through with, with castration. Oh. And it was like, what, like, what was the event that made this guy stop? And finally, and spoiler alert, folks, coming up, it's revealed. And <laughs> it's the best. I mentioned the cult was sexless. And what it boiled down to is that this guy could not stop masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) He watched, he saw like a dance special or something, and it was very sensual. And the way that the cult worked too is if you had like a wet dream, you had to sign a sheet and like use a special towel. And this guy was just like cranking all the time. And not signing the sheet. (laughs) (laughs) So he left. How would they know? He was just filled with shame. Oh yeah, I guess like their teachings are like you're, you're yeah. so ashamed. You should be so ashamed of this. You will you will write it down. Yeah. Right. So like he had to you know pull the leader aside and was he was like listen like I got needs I got urges it's like the giver and then the cult leader was like well we can work with you but then this guy just could not stop whacking it and he so was the- he was ashamed of the fact that he was doing it. And not getting caught. Like he, no one ever, like the cult leader was like, you're not leading anyone astray with what you're doing. So it's fine. Like we can figure something out. (laughs) And his response was like, I can't be a hypocrite. But he had been in this thing for 20 years. And the big act that made him get out was (laughs) too much biological need. (laughs) Was ABC, always be cranking. (laughs) Just, but so it's. It's hilarious. I agree. Like, it's very funny. But on the other hand, there's something really remarkable about his stick to and like his ethics that he was like, I'm not getting caught doing this, but I know that I'm not supposed sure. to be. And so like, he very honorably somehow saved his life by accident you, because he couldn't stop masturbating. Do you know why he had stick to Because his hands were sticky. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I like the idea that he's trying to tell... Like he's like, what was it? Richard Applewhite was that the the leader? Of the Marshall cult? Applewhite. Ma- Marshall Applewhite. He's trying to tell Applewhite, like, look, I gotta go. I can't stop masturbating. It's too crazy. Like, I know it's against the rules. And Applewhite's just like, no, I just want to kill more people. Like, we need to get, <laughs> I need to kill more people. You can stay. You can stay. We'll figure it out. We need you more can, numbers. We can give you like, you can masturbate all you want. Well, we mm-hmm. won't tell anybody. I just need those numbers. And the guy's like, I'm sorry. I, I, I really, go. I just love these teachings and I can't, I can't break from them. To be fair, that wasn't Apple White's real goal. Well, we, I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about this and it's a horrific and fucked up story. Uh, the docuseries is, it's good. It's worth watching. Maybe not around the holiday season. It's a, it's a pretty big bummer, but, but just this very, very serious story about this cult and these people. Just completely undercut by this guy's love of the crank. <laughs> I just, it just oh, killed me. Merry, merry crankmas. It's a biological need for some people. Sure. And, you know, he just couldn't shed his vessel the right I way. I mean, he was shedding his vessel. <laughs> All over the place, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Got on the sheets. It's the comet's trail. Gross, Ben. That was gross. <laughs> you started it. I didn't start it. You started it and you needed me to finish it. Weren't they obsessed with the Hale Blap comet? Yes. Yeah. They were. Yeah. It was their um their ticket home. Hashtag uh Blap. So <laughs> gross. Anyway, folks, it's the holiday season here. It's been a fucking crazy year and the holidays will be no different, but holidays, as we have discussed in the past, bring pop culture and cheer and all of that good stuff. And so today we are talking about uh the a pinky and the brain Christmas. And Shailen, 
Yes. You made this choice. I sure did. What matter of mold rum cider brought this to you, to us? We wanted a Christmas theme. That's true. Mm-hmm. I've got Animaniacs on the mind because we got a, a new season of Animaniacs available to us. And I remembered Pinky and the Brain being a fantastic Christmas special on account of the fact it's basically Halloween 3, but in Pinky and the Brain form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's correct. And it's festive as hell. And it has such a nice ending. Oh, boy. I'm going to cry. Were you it guys... Nice ending. I agree. Big Animaniacs fans? Were you fans of you know that universe and this, this show in particular? I liked them okay, but my dad really, really liked them. So he, during the work week, would put a six-hour extended play videotape in the VCR and record episodes on a timer. And then on Saturday mornings when we were hanging out, he would push play on the VHS tape. So we would have six hours of cartoons to watch together. He knew how to record the VCR? Who is your dad? Steve Jobs? (laughs) Yes. Great. Cool. not really. Took the video out and he's like, this this is a a five-hour tape? Wrong. Six hours. Just one more thing. It's seven hours. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. If you Who's your dad? Steve Wozniak? <laughs> the Woz? No. Who's your dad? Paul Allen? Steve Allen? William Gates? William Gates. No. Elon Musk? Dave, did you watch this show in Animaniacs? <laughs> Shailen, getting us back on track. I liked Pinky and the Brain more than Animaniacs. So when Animaniacs came on, I found like uh chicken boo and pinky in the brain and what was the other recurring skit they had katie Um, kaboom katie Katie kaboom Kaboom. katie kaboom not katie kaboom uh so i loved those ones but when it came to the animaniacs proper i wasn't like i just kind of found them annoying but pinky in the brain when they got their own show i watched that a lot and it was great and i this cartoon the episode we watched was very enjoyable maybe i was just in you know, uh, the, the the right mood for it. But like, I was laughing at this, I, like cracking up, like the jokes were good. Like this was, this is one of the rare ones where it's a funny cartoon that's meant to be funny that had funny jokes that actually worked. Agreed. And annoying characters. Who? We'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. Oh, is that, is that an Ebenezer Scrooge over there? Yes. Yes. The show <laughs> and Animaniacs are blind spots for me out of like all of the, Amblin Warner Brothers cartoons of the early to mid 90s. I really only watched Tiny Toons. By this point in the mid 90s, I was on to like game shows and video games. And so just all of this era is hmm. it's blank to me. I'm so sorry that you missed out on this. But what about the new show? Has anybody watched the new Animaniacs, including uh, Pinky and the Brain? I'm holding out for a hero. I'm going to watch it. I want to get through some Christmas specials first. Sure. Holiday specials. And I feel like I'm going to kick off the new year with the new Animaniacs. <laughs> new year, new you. <laughs> new year, new season of a cartoon that I enjoyed when I was a child. Man, sounds like Aces. a great resolution. Achievable, unlike many resolutions <laughs> I've made. Yeah. <laughs> some people go to the gym. Some people stop smoking. Shailen watches more cartoons. Hell yeah. Dave, have you seen the new Animaniacs? No. I don't like the Animaniacs, so I have no interest. That's fair. <laughs> if they pulled out the pinky in the brain spots, mm-hmm. maybe I would just watch those. But fair I have not, not seen the Animaniacs. No, no, no real interest there. What about you, Ben? Would you watch 
the new Animaniacs. Would I watch it? Would you? I guess. I don't know. Would you enjoy it? Would it you know, <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah, so don't. don't I, I don't enjoy don't, anything. Don't put yourself through that. That's true. I will say this season of The Bachelorette has been very wholesome for the most part. That's true. Um, very enjoyable. So if you don't want to watch Animaniacs on the on the Hulu, click on over to ABC. Check out Tasha and the Boys. Great content. <laughs> so speaking of great content, peeking in the brain here. So this show, part of the collaboration between Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment and Warner Brothers. So started with Tiny Toons, continued into Animaniacs, where Pinky and the Brain were a featured skit, and then we spun off. So as a cartoon, it aired on Kids WB in a block, like Fox Kids, Kids WB. I don't think these were actual stations. No. They were like subsets of your local, I don't know, WB station. It was like two hours a day. Yeah, yeah. But you had Michigan J. Frog guiding you through every afternoon and into the evening. That's true. Who's your favorite animated frog? Michigan J. Frog. Uh, <laughs> Celia. Michigan J. or uh, Baby Kermit. I was going to say, Baby Kermit has a close second. G- Genghis Frog from Ninja Turtles. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, listeners, hit us up. Hashtag fun frogs. He was like a surfer dude frog. Who that's right. was most likely into weed. And his action figure had little cans you could take out of like a can bandolier. Yeah. It's good stuff. So this was the first cartoon ever presented in Dolby Surround Sound. Ooh. So if you're an audiophile... That checks out. Pull out your eight track and fucking hook it up and just vibe to yeah. the pinky in the brain here. Throw those cans on and just listen. <laughs> the the sh- show and the concept created by returning good German boy Tom Hruger. And the idea was based off of two producers that he worked with on Tiny Toons that essentially were these characters. So you had sort of a, I'm just going to say it, a slovenly fellow who kind of sounded like Vincent Price. And like this insane off the wall guy who indeed did say narf a lot. And boy, must that have been frustrating to work with. By all accounts, his version sounded more like nerf. Oh, okay. She's a big fan of the the toy guns. And who isn't? Still going strong. Indeed. Favorite nerf gun or nerf weapon, Ben? The bow and arrow. Oh. Hmm. Not even close. My friend had one that you pumped and it would shoot an arrow every time you pumped it. Like Like a a crossbow. No, it was like a it was a gun gun. Did it have like a clip, or yeah. did you have to reload it? Every- it okay. Had a clip. Hmm. There was like Too a. Fancy. It looked like a grenade launcher. It had like five canisters on it that rotated every time you pumped, and e- and each canister was a Nerf ball, uh, three Nerf balls. Oh. Yeah, it was awesome. That thing was great. My sisters and I would play American Gladiator with it, mm-hmm. and the bow and arrow, and the the sharpshooter. Oh man, I love Nerf guns. I want them now. I mean, they're still around. You could still get them. If you really wanted. Yeah. Well, it's it's not a matter of acquiring them. Yeah. It's a matter of holding them. Like, where do I put them in my home? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Go in the garage. T- <laughs> Some people have a pegboard of tools. You could just have a pegboard of Nerf. <laughs> yeah. Nerf arsenal. Nerf yeah, arsenal like and ammunition. Sec- the secret, like, John Wick cabinet of guns, but it's yeah. just all Nerf stuff and, like, Nerf dart bandoliers. You could have the Nerf fencing for hand-to-hand combat. Oh, In yes. case you ever need to whack the shit out of somebody. Then if there's a kid on your lawn, you just scream, get off my lawn, kid, and you chase him down with your nerf. Yeah, it's a good entryway into actually chasing them with real guns. Or a good substitution. And in Trump's second term, we're going to make that happen, folks. (laughs) Hashtag stop the steal. (laughs) Oh, fingers crossed. Hmm. Oh, boy. So the general idea of this show is it's about two genetically engineered mice, which if you think about it for more than a second, you're like, wow, that's pretty fucked up. Like, imagine what happened to these mice to get to that point. 
and imagine how many mice there were before them that were just they're in the discard pile <laughs> we don't talk about their predecessors <laughs> but you've got one genius mouse who's the brain and he's kind of jolly and he's kind of short and he's bent on world domination but good-heartedly and you have his friend pinky who is he's like that movie charlie you know like the janitor who had some problems and then like they did surgery or whatever. Oh, yeah, and then flowers, he became super smart. Flowers for Algernon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, if you want to get you know a little little better reference, that episode of The Simpsons where Homer sticks the crayon in his brain. <laughs> That's sort of what Pinky's got going on. This is you know in the vein of its brothers, Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. A lot of the jokes written for adults, which is one of the things. I mean, I'm sure we all noticed it, and we'll talk about it. Like if you watch this as a kid, I don't think I would understand a good forty percent of it. But that's okay. As a, as okay. a weird child, I got I got a lot of it. But yeah, same. Oh, okay. Well, not me. Well, because I, I was all American. Baby. You didn't watch the show. I guess we're smarter than you. <laughs> well, I watched Tiny Toons. Okay. Give me a oh, speaking of which, Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. his son was the voice of Plucky Duck on Tiny oh, really? Toons. Yeah, hmm. got famous for uh, Water Goes Down the Hole. Little Tommy Ruger, mm-hmm. making Nate, good. Nate Ruger, as in all things, nepotism <laughs> reigns highly supreme. Yes. Indeed. The structure of the show was generally this idea of world domination. You know, there wasn't a lot of continuity episode to episode, but the brain would have some wacky plot. A lot of times it would involve time travel or, you know, ripping off some kind of movie or book like War of the Worlds, etc. They would fail and you'd move on. It's a formula that people really liked. The show, well, this version of the show went on for four seasons, really well remembered. Obviously, it came back as part of Animaniacs. But then in 1998, folks... Everything changed. What happened? An executive named Jamie Kellner was put, put in charge of WB Kids. And we're going to, we've got a lot of Jamie Kellner stories here. Boo. And he immediately, as like in many companies, if there's a restructure, you have new leadership and somebody's like, we got to fuck with shit. Jamie Kellner was no different. I'm going to put my fingerprints on this. <laughs> so he wanted to move away from the pinky in the brain concept. He wanted to bring more characters into it. And the writers and everybody was like, that's a bad idea. What are you doing? But then business leadership, as business leadership will do, went ahead and, and had a bad idea. <laughs> they retooled the show into Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain, Boo. where Elmira from Tiny Toon Adventures would now own Pinky and the Brain. But again, if you think about it, Pinky, kind of a dense character. Elmira, kind of a dense character. It's a hat on a hat. So a lot of the writers left. The show, it obviously didn't work. Steven Spielberg had actually, he had an edict that he wanted to keep the Tiny Toons universe and the Animaniacs universe separate. And this was in direct violation of that. Oh, man, what are you doing, Jamie? Come on. Piece of shit. So just the whole idea didn't work. So they made 13 episodes of that. He definitely looks like the the guy from from Die Hard, Uh, Hans Booby. He's totally that character. He's Harry. Let's pull him up here. Jamie Kellner. He's fresh-faced. He kind of looks like Tim Allen, honestly. Huh, okay. Like a smarmier Tim Allen. All right. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, he just does, does you know, bumps a rail right off his desk. And he's like, here we go. Here's what it is, guys. Listen, <laughs> we're bringing in Elmira, and she's going to own the mice, and she's going to love them and squeeze them and fucking let's do more coke. They only produced 13 episodes of this one. So the, And actually, the only the first six aired as intended. The rest were chopped up and put into some kind of, like, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Amalgamation Hour, and that was the end of that. Now, another thing about Jamie Kellner. He looks like a weird minister that got accused of trying to start a cult. Oh, oh. <laughs> gotta be careful what you say. 
Oh, no. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Shailen's mistaken perverts back in session. <laughs> Allegedperverts.com. <laughs> I said he looks like, not is. And he looks like one, two. Correct. Um, he was also a TV executive at Turner in the early 2000s after he had fucked up WB Kids. He was the TV executive that pulled the plug on World Championship Wrestling. Oh, man. So canceled their time slot, which led to Vince McMahon and the WWF buying them and setting wrestling on the path it is today. So Jamie Kellner had his fingers in a lot of pies. I would say that he made all of those pies very bad. <laughs> Just making a, a broad assumption here. He did not wash his hands before <laughs> sticking his fingers in said pies. That's true. So he he took one finger and then he spread out the other four and just kind of mushed the pie around and then did it again <laughs> with his other hand. And he destroyed two lovely properties. I love, mm-hmm. they were kind of screwing it up with the NWO and the eight different NWO factions. Yeah, by but that like point, the, it was a little late. W was yeah. a nice answer to WWE when it got mm-hmm. like a little crazy. Mm-hmm. They, they balanced each other out. It's true. Jamie Kellner, more like Jamie Go to Hellner. More like Jamie Kilner, all my childhood memories. Yeah. Get probably, out of here, Jamie. Probably rebooted Ghostbusters too. I demand He's involved he in Ghostbusters himself. Aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hashtag answer the call. Yes, that's right. Answer the call. Anyway, Pinky and the Brain. They had a Christmas special as part of the first season here. Sure um, did. It was written by Peter Hastings, who was a writer on pretty much all of these shows for Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Went on to be an executive producer on the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles revival. Also an executive producer on the recent Captain Underpants cartoon. So a guy who's been around, he's seen it all. This particular episode won the 1996 Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program. So it beat out Cow and Chicken, Dexter's Laboratory, Duckman, and also Treehouse of Horror 6 from The Simpsons, which is the one where Willie is Freddy Krueger. And also the one where they do the computer animation with Homer. Oh, wow. Well, he goes, he steps it, it through the future. That one? Yeah, it beat that treehouse of horror. So, uh, Has anybody seen Tron? No. <laughs> no. No. Yes? <laughs> no. No. Is this the first cartoon episode that we have picked that has won an Emmy? Yes. Episode, yes. Show, maybe. Decade, definitely. Because I think Batman won... Batman has won an Emmy. But before. it wasn't the episodes we watched. Yeah, no, 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 no. But this, this is yeah, just the character himself. <laughs> but yeah, this this episode, I mean, in particular. Or I'm not episode. wearing hockey pads. <laughs> Where's the Emmy? <laughs> You're below. And the your days. And a padded cell. It was right on the edge of understandability. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode aired in prime time. That's how you win a prime time Emmy. On December 13th, 1995. Wish I knew what had been going on then. G- give me that again with a Christmassy spin. I wonder what joyful Christmas things were happening that day. <laughs> Good. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Hey, Ben. This is, yes. Stuff my stocking with some context. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll we'll imagine the rest of the song playing out. This is a propos of nothing. Before we started recording, Shailen and I were watching an episode of the Great Christmas Light Fight. And one of the displays was by this family in Idaho. And it was all synchronized to music. They had to show the light display like playing to the song. Mm -hmm. And the song was like, it's not happy holidays. It's Christmas to me. 
Jesus was a baby, can't you see? <laughs> and it was very overtly religious in a way that I feel like mainstream television plays on the edges of, but doesn't does a lot usually, less of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't usually just grab hold Christmas with a capital C with because striking. Christ. What percentage of great Christmas light fight families do you think are Trump supporters? Oh, oh man. Uh, I'm going to say conservatively 85%. Eight, yeah, I was going to say 80%. <laughs> Is it all yeah. Midwest stuff? Like, no. Are they all no. Oh, oh. no. Uh, a family. A Massachusetts family won this A Massachusetts family won. Family this year. won. Hmm. And have fucked up traffic patterns all over the city. Horribly. Interesting stuff. But not as interesting as what was happening on December 13th, 1995. I wish I knew what was going on back then. (laughs) 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 Who was a wassailing in 1995? Let's open up a present full of context. (laughs) What Santa nuggets were under tree? Top movies. Number one, this was the the winter of Toy Story. Ooh. It's something like week nine or ten at the box office. Truly a revolutionary movie at the time. Agreed. It's still one of my favorites. Deserves everything it gets. Number two. Except for that last sequel. Father of the Bride 2. Right. Oh. Very good one. Deserves everything it gets. My, my, one of my favorite Martin Short performances is in that movie. What's your favorite Martin Short performance? Clifford. Really? The answer is Clifford. Mm, I would have said inner space from here to tomorrow. Shailen disagrees. Three? (gasps) Amigos. Oh, okay. All right. He was also in the um, failed Disney ride Cranium Command. Martin Short was. I believe you. Or was he in O Canada, the boring movie? Anyway. He was definitely in that. In some boring Disney attraction. Number three film, Golden Eye, which we have spent some time talking about in the past. Good movie, good game, just all around great property right there. Great stuff. Now, just two days later, on December 15th, two more Pantheon movies were released. Jumanji. So we just passed the 25th anniversary of Jumanji here. It's crazy. Seminal film. I saw Jumanji uh, in the winter of 1995. I want to say maybe New Year's Eve. We saw that one in the theaters, and my life was changed forever. My long fascination with board games and wildlife and being haunted uh, all born when seeing that movie. It's <laughs> huh. true. My wife and I watched the um, Jumanji remake, the first, the the first movie, not the sequel. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, it's Van Pelt, it's Van Pelt, right?" That the bad guy. And I was like, "Van Pelt, oh man, that's really on the nose." And then I was like, "Wait a minute, that's from the first movie. How did I not recognize that <laughs> the first time?" That might be a theme for tonight, by the way. How did I not recognize that? Yeah, me not time. recognizing things for the first time. <laughs> we played the Jumanji board game in the last year. Yeah. Uh, kind of rough. <laughs> not great. I couldn't play that game. I did not want it at all. Like, I just, like, if it didn't actually bring wild animals into yeah, my home, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a disappointment. It is disappointing. It does have the cool, like, red decoder thing. And you don't see too much of that now, but... The cards, they look like um, like magic eyes, and then you slide them under, and because like it's under like the red thing, you can read them. And they're all stupid rhymes, like, you know, if a rhino's in your house, fucking, fucking, uh, turn, eat, something eat, turn into a mouse, mouse, you will douse. I don't know. Not a great game. Also, Heat came to... I don't know what that is. You don't know Heat? Val Kilmer, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. First time P- Pacino and De Niro shared the screen together. It wasn't Righteous Kill. It was it was Heat. Huh. Yeah. 
You ever seen Heat? No. Every crime movie in the last like fifteen years has been based off Heat. Well, the I Dark Knight. Seen it. The the beginning mm-hmm. of the Dark Knight owes a lot to to Heat. Grand Theft Auto Five owes a lot to Heat. Hope Floats owes a lot to Heat. <laughs> uh, copycat also owes a lot to Heat. <laughs> Shailen, yes. if listeners are like you, they should use hashtag can't feel the heat. Indeed. 1995 was also the year of the PlayStation 1. So the first major, well, okay, I won't get into boring video game history. The first mainstream breakout disc-based console really put Sony in the marketplace. 25 years later, here they are putting out the PlayStation 5. Still going strong, baby. PS1 had big-ass polygons, long load times. Oh, man. I'm trying to remember it. what was the PlayStation game that I played first. I Like, I don't really remember playing anything. Was it Battle Arena Toshinden? Nope. Was it Destruction Derby? Crash nope. Bandicoot. Metal? Crash Bandicoot. Oh, it might have been Excuse Crash me? Bandicoot. I remember my uh, friend's cousin, he was older than us, he had Resident Evil, and he let my friend borrow it. And it was the most exciting thing. Like, he was like, you have to sleep over. We're playing this. So I like, we, he lived a couple blocks away. I ran down and, you know, you started up that, that, that awesome cinematic in, mm-hmm. in the beginning. And it was, it was like a movie. It was, it was shot with like live actors. And then it just starts and the door takes like five seconds to open. Yeah. It's like every load screen is like, oh. and then the voice acting, but it, it, oh man, that I didn't have the system, but I, I wish I had, cause there were a lot of great games on that. It's true. I picked to put PlayStation one much, much later great library on that thing yeah Metal as Gear it turns out it was definitely resident evil that i played because i remember playing it mm-hmm. at my dad's apartment and being just completely horrified mm-hmm. and my brother being like maybe, but also titillated maybe we shouldn't be playing this right now he's sure. 10 years older than me and didn't get scared of anything so <laughs> yeah it's true i went up to your brother once with a gaping chest wound he wasn't scared unfazed and what came out of the chest wound was a bat yeah and that bat was holding a small television that was playing a pinky in the brain christmas Full circle. Full circle. Great segue. So to get into the show here, this particular holiday special did something kind of rare. They took the song and they did my favorite thing of putting jingle bells over it, that holiday touch you need. And the opening credits had, you know, fake snow falling in front of things. But they added to the song and they rewrote the song a little bit to be more holiday specific, holiday appropriate. It's high quality entertainment. I appreciated this. Mm -hmm. I think the listeners will as well. What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. There's Pinky and the Brain. There's Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. Their holiday plan is to overthrow man. They're Pinky, they're Pinky and the Brain. Brain, 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 brain. By the dawn of Christmas Day, their plot shall be unfurled. They'll control the earth and bring joy to the world. The Pinky and the Brain, it's Pinky and the Brain. They'll have the merry gentlemen singing this refrain. That after Christmas Eve, the world will believe. In Pinky, in Pinky and the Brain, 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 So yeah, a high quality production, a little long for me. It wasn't always this long. That was the holiday extra cut. <laughs> Is that what they call it? No. Not the super cut? Correct. 
the extra cut. Extra cut is an option you can get for circumcision procedures. <laughs> Give me the extra cut. Yeah. Well, no, you, you pay the extra gym membership for the totally ripped abs. Mm-hmm. It's the extra cut. The extra cut is also, <laughs> it's just castration. Oh. <laughs> Let's go all the way. Yeah, it just—it was a little long for me. I, I thought, you know, it was clever. I liked that they did it. I mean, I have this problem a lot. We're this far into this; it's probably well known that I just don't have an attention span anymore. But it just—it kind of dragged. But it was good. Should have been five seconds. Jingle bells. Yeah. Yeah. Batman smells and get the fuck into the show. That's yeah. what I say. And these shows shouldn't be twenty minutes. They should be three minutes tops. Disagree. If only we had a service that people could use that would let them just watch shows and movies on their phone in bite-sized mm-hmm. bits mm-hmm. quick bites perhaps yeah quick bites yeah mm-hmm. oh, if only if only it had billions of dollars in some of hollywood's best minds it, Just, it can't miss it can't yeah, fail yeah absolutely <laughs> can't it, fail in the mail to myself and if if only they were to release and not postpone their release during mm-hmm. a pandemic where everybody was home around their TVs and not their phones anymore. If only. It, it's it's a fast watch, so you could almost call it like a fawa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hashtag fawa. <laughs> I watch Botspot on Twitter. So we open up here and, oh, you know, before we get there, the title card, holy shit. So you know how most cartoons have title cards that you could tell were designed for the show? Like there's a little font and maybe like the brain, it's like it's in cursive and pinkies like in these big letters. The pinky, like, like any title card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the pinky and the brain Christmas title card in particular, it looks like somebody pulled it together with Windows 95 clip art. Oh, yes. It's so yeah. weird like, and hey, out of place. Hey, look at this. I can make it 3D. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my uncle, when, when Windows 95 came out, ironically enough, in 1995, he would put together like a family newsletter and he had like this access to clip art through CD-ROMs or something. And he would just put these weird, inane stuff in there. And that's what this entire title card felt like. It, w- it was so incongruous. I made up a narrative for it, okay. like the, the cause of it. There was an intern, probably someone's nephew, who was working on the show for free. And they were like, all right, Jimmy, this is going to be your job this week. You have to put this together. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. But then did not because what are they going to do? Fire him? So at the last second, Fuck it. someone had to cover for it, and they were just like, uh, uh, and just slapped it together really fast. The term is slapdash. Yes. Haphazard. 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 A real Johnny Cut Corners, if you will. Mm. Let's meet Pinky. Deck the holes with boughs of holly. la 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 I have a question for you guys. Yeah. So, is Pinky supposed to be incredibly irritating? He's not irritating. He's adorable. Pinky is horribly irritating. I found him irritating, but I think it wasn't like well, he was like, like he's a little annoying, but it wasn't like over overdone or overbearing or at all. Like I never like I, I don't think I could watch three of these back to back to back. Yeah. But like, you know, if I saw an episode like I did when I was little once a day or like once a mm-hmm. week, then like that's fine. Pinky's fine. But you found him irritating? Yeah. It's starting right here and then he starts to write his letter to Santa and he's just like, ha ha, ha narf. It's very loud too. 
which I've just replicated for listeners, and I hope you appreciate that. But by like the 50th time that he says narf, or when he just keeps screaming about his damn letter, or like yelling things, like there were a couple things he did that I was like, oh, that's cute. But just as the episode progressed, I was like, fuck, this this character, like I, I like the show, so it, it's nothing against the show. It's just this character was like, this is too much for me. He's just a puppy. Like he's ba- he's the equivalent of a puppy. No, that's not words. true. Take Doug from Up. Who's another character who's like, I'm Doug, I'm a puppy. That's a great character. Pinky, not at all like that. I think that Pinky is funny. Take Odie from Garfield. Amazing dog. I'm going to point out that Ben's threshold here is based entirely on volume. That's not true. (laughs) Odie, the best one. Silent, does not talk. I don't think I said the best one. (laughs) It was implied. Please. So anyway, so Pinky's writing this letter to Santa Claus, right? And then Brain slides in. What at the time I thought was a cyborg <laughs> um, <laughs> of himself because it has glowing green eyes, but brain flips a switch, and then you start to see a nefarious plot set into motion. Now impersonate William F. Buckley. <laughs> impersonate Regis Philbin. I'm out of control. Yes. First of all, <laughs> Regis Philbin is a legend and untouchable, <laughs> so I don't have that. But what he starts to do here is he's built a mind control doll of sorts, and he's tested it out on Pinky. I didn't know who William F. Buckley was now. I I, still don't know who it is. I haven't Googled it. He's like a conservative guy who influenced the Republican Party. Oh, weird. Oh. (laughs) In the 80s, so I don't know. I mean, Richard Richard Philbin, we all know. But this is a noodle noggin, which is a funny name. And we'll, we'll get to the plan in a minute here. But I knew that Pinky and the brain was sort of for adults in some ways. What I didn't realize is that it had also influenced a lot of Seth MacFarlane shows. Oh, because yeah. like they just go into like a fucking family guy bit here. Um, Brain, do you really want to try to take over the world at Christmas time? I mean, remember when you tried to play Santa? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and they do like this family they, guy they bit They do where, it like four, four times, three or four yeah, times. Yeah, he gets crushed by a fat kid. Do we and I don't, when? I don't know what the plan was. You remember the time that Spider-Man... You think he's that bad? Remember the time I forgot the laundry? <laughs> when I met Kiefer Sutherland? <laughs> and they talk about going to Bethlehem, which is a story I actually wanted to see them explore, was like to go back in time to the birth of Christ. <laughs> what, would they, what would that look like? That's not the story they tell here, unfortunately. It's those two and another wise man, and they like kind of bumble around and prevent him <laughs> from getting there. But eventually he gets there. That's, that's what I imagine it would be. Still yeah. while the hamster is involved. It's like that scene in American Psycho with the the hamster, you know, like the hamster stuff. No, it's not like that. And the cheese. It's not like that. You don't think it's like that? No, it's not okay. like that. You sure? I think that's it's in the way Bible. more wholesome than that. Both of you back up. No. The book Get away from that edge. Book of John. It. Um it was at this point where I realized I was watching it, I had a question, I was like, Oh, Pinky's British? Is he supposed to be British? I think so. I have done extensive research into this. The voice actor was channeling Monty Python because he's supposed oh, okay. to be like kind of kooky. So. Okay. so he does he's, have a British accent. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is the first time I've heard this. I didn't. I, I watched a lot of this. I watched a lot of the, the shorts within the mm-hmm. Animaniacs. Show. I never picked up nope, that he was either. British. <laughs> didn't pick up on it now either. Okay. To be honest right. with you. Good, good, good. I'm not alone. It's a light British. You know who has the worst social media presence? Who? John Cleese. 
Really? Look up John Cleese's Twitter. It's fucking horrible and awful and not funny. Oh, uh, what's huh. it? What, why? Hold on. All right, fine. We'll, we'll All right. do this on the air. All right, Rabbit fine. hole. Hey, Merry Christmas, you. everybody. We're fucking pulling it up. And John Cleese, you're about to get watch botted, friend. Twitter.com slash John Cleese if you're interested in this. This is the best um, best Christmas present you could give anybody. <laughs> he writes a lot about politics, which sucks. And he doesn't like Trump, so I'm not worried about that. But you just call like Trump a pinhead and be like, that's the joke. Yeah. Yeah, like he just writes things like theories. It's not COVID. It's dementia. Don't worry. The symptoms have been rigged. He's not sick. He's recovering from being fired. 51% of Americans are on the virus's side. And it's a lot of stuff like that where it's like it's digs at Trump, which is fine. I don't have an issue with that. But like they're not funny. Yeah. And it's like you were in Monty Python and that fucking weak joke is the best you can do. Like That sucks. <laughs> was fucking he, bad. Maybe he was more the uh, the actor part of Monty Python and there were the, the and then there were the more writer part of it. You know, like the they balance each other out. I don't know. Or maybe he's just super old. Maybe. He also writes a lot about like a hotel in Dubai. Is he an investor? I don't know. Like, okay, here's one. <laughs> From December 6th, I'm in Dubai for some speeches and shows and seminars. I am staying at a one and only hotel. The internet connection, the Wi-Fi, and the electronic door keys all work badly. My fellow guests and I spend much of the day discussing this. Luckily, it's a very inexpensive hotel. And, like, I don't know if that's a bit, but he has a lot of similar tweets about the Wi-Fi at this hotel, like a, like a lot. He just keeps talking about how faulty this tower is. <laughs> See, that would be kind of funny. Anyway, John Cleese, you suck. Fuck you, John Cleese. Eat shit, pal. <laughs> I don't have anything against John Cleese. Anyway. Just so, his Twitter account. Yeah. Hashtag fucking John Cleese. Hashtag fucking John Cleese. <laughs> Listeners, if you're uh, romantically inclined to John Cleese, hashtag fucking John Cleese. Fucking <laughs> John Cleese. So the brain's yes, plan, please. as it always is, is to take over the world, and he wants to do so thusly. My plan, Pinky, is to get a noodle noggin doll into every home on the planet. And then, on Christmas Day, we broadcast my hypnotic suggestion to the world. Impersonate Regis Philbin. Eat God. Chaos. Chaos, indeed. Now, Shailen, you pointed it out. This is Halloween 3. Yeah. The idea of, you know, getting the kids to buy into some goodies and then you, you fuck up their heads. I also thought of another similar scenario, much but more classically holiday themed. That, of course, Santa Claus the movie. Mm. In that film... BZ, the toy mogul, played by John Lithgow. He's working with fallen elf Patch, played by Dudley Moore, who can produce stuff that makes people fly. A fallen and elf. <laughs> he's, he's working with Patch to make candy canes that Patch will drive a car to like all the children of the world and give them candy canes that make them fly so that Santa Claus will die or something. And he's going to call it Christmas 2. A similar plot. It's such a bad movie. No, that's not true. It's a holiday classic. It's a terrible movie. Read the movie. Wikipedia page. Not well received upon release has been considered a cult classic by many since release on DVD and VHS. By many named Ben who work on this podcast. <laughs> no, I actually liked it from the start. So Now, is it like a cult classic because it's so bad? It's like a midnight kind of show? You could make that argument. Thing. So Santa Claus the movie, and we're going to get into it's, this. It's not because it's a good movie, Dave. It's a funny movie. It was made by the Salkins, who owned the Superman license for a long time. Yeah. They, uh, so they were behind those those movies. They had an 8mm um, camera that was covered in Vaseline. Yeah. It, it, it does look like it was shot through Vaseline. I believe they also were part of the um, 
Break It Two Electric Boogaloo. I think they I think they were part of that. Uh, they might have been part yeah. of that. They were so insane that their original choice to direct this movie was John Carpenter, who wanted to cast Brian Dennehy as Santa Claus. Oh, my God. It would have been so much better. I would have watched that movie. It was supposed to have James Cagney as the old elf, but then they had to cast Burgess Meredith. Dudley Moore helped with casting. It's it's a weird clusterfuck of a movie, but I really do like it because it's called Santa Claus the movie. It's got bad acting. Annoying child. Children. A Child Named Cornelia. Folks, it's a great movie. It's so terrible. We're going to cut this pinky in the brain bullshit short. We're going to talk about Santa Claus, the movie. I tried to watch it the other night while I was playing Call of Duty, but it just it was too much of a cognitive dissonance thing. <laughs> you just um, kept trying to shoot the characters in Santa Claus, the movie, because they're so awful. And no, could it work? Hoping for a headshot. No. no, no, no. I, just, like, I just couldn't get into the, the, the game and the flow because I was too full of joy. So the problem here with the brain's plan is... They have to make about a billion of these dolls, and they have a manufacturing issue where it would take them uh, over 100 years to do so. Fortunately, opportunity strikes. Look. Elves wanted for Holiday Rush. Apply North Pole. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? Well, I think so, Brain, but apply North Pole to what? <laughs> I would say he's Australian more than English. He's supposed to sound British. Mm. I agree to disagree, I guess. Hashtag Outback Jack. Maybe South African? <laughs> I could see that. All right. So their plan is to go to the North Pole, trick Santa into creating the noodle doggins for them, and use Santa's established distribution network to get the dolls into the homes of every child. Makes a lot of sense. This is clever. I like this writing right here. I like, you know, thinking about manufacturing, solving problems, things like that. So they head outside in darling winter gear, like little animals wearing clothes. It's very cute. Their jackets have fur trim. Mm -hmm. They look like Yukon Cornelius. They do. Except not assholes. The fur trim is from their fallen friends who didn't survive the the cheese maze. (laughs) So they're also trying to use a compass to navigate. Pinky's made to look dumb here because he's like, oh, is north the right way? But I'll be honest, I don't know how to use a compass, so I'm with him. That must be hard for you. Do you guys know how to use compasses? Yes. I, I do, but I think I, I don't have the concentration to, like, if, if I were lost in the woods, right, and they're like, use this compass, yeah. I could use it for, like, I don't know, an hour, and then I would be like, I would just get distracted, and then I would get turned around and be like, oh, shit, I, I don't know how to, I, I forgot to look at the compass. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I could use it to find north, but so what? You're going north. Like, if you're lost in the woods, who the fuck cares if you're going north? ostensibly you know where you're going so you don't have to follow it north you just have to keep north steady well i'm not like a sailor i don't know my position in the world i'm lost in the woods i got a compass i, I don't understand i really don't understand depending on where you are in the world like you would know son if you were son of a son of a sailor you would know if there's a body of water to follow. You would know where the city that you came from is or what city you're trying to get that? to. How would I know that? If you're on a highway and you drive north for a half hour and then you park and go into the woods to go hiking, then you know you want to go south to get back to where you came from. This is why I don't like leaving my house. It's too, it's too dangerous. What if you're a troubled teen and your parents <laughs> uh-huh. have decided that you are so troubled you have to go to the Elan school in Maine? Mm-hmm. And they enroll you, and then the Elan school comes and picks you up randomly, puts a bag over your head, throws you into a van, and drives you to that school, which is how this school, this reform school, used to uh, get kids. 
Oh, that would be enrolled. So like you, you would probably want to use a compass then because you, yeah. you had no idea where you were. Happy you, holidays, kids. You wouldn't know you would be in this random location in this horrifying school and you don't know where it is. You walk due east city. until you find the ocean. <laughs> or west. But what no. if you're in Oregon? <laughs> yeah, then you go west. Then you're fucked. But how do you know? How do you know? What if you're iced tea and you're like a homeless guy? And then yeah. Gary Busey and Rutger Hauer pick you up. And then they're like, you got to stare into the soul. Yeah, and then, the eyes of the pig to get its soul. It's yeah, you look, you, you, here, I'm going to talk to you about my little dog <laughs> named, named Chauncey, okay? <laughs> I forgot about that part. It's fucking weird. Chauncey's hungry. Listeners, I want to start a poll. Hit us up. Hashtag compass. If you know how to use a compass. If you don't know how to use a compass. Hashtag no longer necessary. Hashtag no apocalypse, please. Hashtag North Star Brown Star. <laughs> North Star Brown Star. Sure. Hit us up with all of them. Yeah. We'll watch them all. Merry Christmas. So then all of a sudden they're in a plane and the plane company is Dave Burl Arctic Transit. I looked up Dave Burl. And there's a lot of people named Dave Burl, but nobody that would make immediate sense. I was like, is this a Burl Ives reference? I thought it was, but I couldn't identify okay. how I was supposed to know that. I really have no idea. But the plane is being flown by like a large Marge. Like I assumed that this woman was a specter of some sort. Yep. But Checks out. Um, the way that they've set this up is the brain has made a dummy of like a dude and then they're in the mouse cage. <laughs> they're stowing away or whatever. And large Marge tells a little story. Don't talk much, do you? Yeah, had a boyfriend like you once. Always thinking. Real quiet. Turned out he was actually a propane tank, which explained a lot. Like how gassy he was. Huh? <laughs> he was gassy? <laughs> Very gassy. I thought this joke was hilarious. I wasn't <laughs> expecting. I was I was expecting like a mannequin or, or like a stuffed animal or something like that. A propane tank, like, yeah. A propane tank. It's, it's great. It's great. He was a a bomb. It also it also made me think that like did she have sex with this propane tank? Or yeah, I thought to? that too. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, he was a tender lover. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say kind of a cold fish, but <laughs> he could really heat things up in the bedroom, though. Yeah, oh. he was a pro pain in the ass. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that one? Shelly, you like that one? It was fine. That one is for you. So. <laughs> She decides that, oh, well, so while she's doing this, Pinky is still working on his letter to Santa. And in case you forget about Pinky's letter to Santa, he will remind you every 45 seconds or so. I've got a letter to Santa. If I have to deliver my letter, oh, I've got a letter. He's an adorable puppy who's excited for Christmas. And when you get to the end, it has a payoff. Yeah, he's a little kid with a, a letter to Santa. Uh, he's not a little how, kid. How cold-hearted are you? It's not, it has nothing to do with heat of heart. It's just, <laughs> it's just he's that loud you and repetitive and irritating. Sounds like you need some propane, love. Yeah, maybe I do. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Fire up that propane. Yeah. You know, turn on the heat and melt that cold heart of yours. Cover me with that gas and see what happens. You bastard. So Large Marge, she leaves the, the pilot seat, the cockpit, if you will, to go get some coffee. And she's like, here, take the wheel. And I was like, excuse me, Large Marge. That's a yoke. That's not a wheel. Real technical inaccuracy. But then the plane goes into a nosedive and she punches the dummy's head off and the mice fall out of the plane and... Uh, on their way to a snowy death, we get this. Ray, um, I was thinking, I don't think I really want to be an elf. Really? What do you want to be? 
a dentist. You've seen too many Christmas specials, Pinky. I got that one. But right before that happens, sure, she gets mad at the co-pilot for not taking the wheel yep. and says, dummy. And it's funny because he's a dummy. Yes. It's true. Yeah, it's a good joke. I liked it too. <laughs> I like to chuckle. <laughs> show brought the yucks. Man. It's true. Jokes are so funny. <laughs> it's true. You know what's funnier than a joke? What? Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you just get like, you know, you got someone that tells like a really good joke and you're just like laughing all the time. It's so good. You know, during a snowstorm, like some people like to play games or some people like to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Me, I like to get a good Dave Barry book out. <laughs> I like to sit on a stool and I just let the, the good times roll. Just get my yucks in. Oh, man. I'm like, that's another classic Barry. And you just like you you read it and you're like, fuck, I like I get it. Like, man, what a great structure to this good, good, good joke. And when I run out of those, I go to my shelf of bathroom humor jokes, the ones that are all shaped like toilets, and I go <laughs> sit on the can and I'm like, why did the chicken cross the road? And when I find out, it is not what you were expecting. It takes your expectations, it subverts them, pushes them on its head. That's a good joke. And that's comedy. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! So what the show doesn't explain is how they get onto a dog sled as they're falling toward the ground, but they're on a dog sled. They make it to the North Pole. They see Santa's workshop. They're going in for a job interview where you get a little bit of this. Sort of like a young Sigmund Freud. Why, thank you, Pinky. Although I consider myself Jungian. I laughed. It's a good joke. I don't 100% understand it, but I laughed. What does brain say? He says, I consider myself more Jungian. Uh, okay. I could not understand what he was saying. It, that makes that makes more sense. I like that. Now, okay. if I remembered anything from my introduction to crit- crit- uh, critical theory class, this would mean a lot more. But it doesn't. <laughs> did you just have a Freudian slip and almost yeah. call it the clitoral theory? Yeah, I sure did. Yeah. And you know what that theory is? It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> It's a myth, Pinky, much like the female orgasm. <laughs> Hashtag, uh, it's a myth. <laughs> so, hey, boy, what's the quidowis? <laughs> so, we cut from their job interview to they get a job in the mailroom in Grief. Pinky. In their adorable elf suits. They're in elf suits and little fake ears, and Pinky starts, I'm sorry, the brain starts typing in Noodle Dog and it's all the kids' wish lists. And then we see two great characters here. So we see Santa, who we'll get to in a second, and we see his assistant, a little elf from Brooklyn named Shotzi. Yeah, well, uh, Mr. C, uh, we're not really sure. I got those dumb guys down there going crazy looking for the blueprint. I'm making toys here, huh? <laughs> Let's go down to the canteen and get a slice. Hey, where's, uh, where's Elfie Chestnuts, huh? Come on. <laughs> Elfie Chestnuts. So <laughs> Shotzi, he looks like a young George Carlin. He's got like a ponytail can assume he's bald or maybe he is balding i don't think he's wearing a hat he's He's balding balding. he's got like a like a little goatee which santa roasts him for in a second here but then you have santa and santa he's on a stair stepper he's got to keep that weight down he's eating a turkey leg i love a good turkey leg i love that santa is he's exercising to keep his body fit Mm -hmm. but it's it's not interrupting his holiday snacking right of a turkey leg of a turkey leg a turkey leg it's like the manliest food to eat, right? Like you're ripping into this thing. There's just sinew flying everywhere. There's cartilage. You can't eat 70% of it, but God damn it, does it feel good. Is it the manliest food? It's it's up there, but I'm not sure if it's the manliest. Like, What's, just, what's your proposal? Just, you, you dig into like, uh, it's got to be like 
wild boar steak or something. Like you just grab it. It's like almost it's bleeding red raw. It's got to be right? something you're eating just with your hands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just tear into it. No, no knife and fork there, but you just mm-hmm. pull it apart. I wouldn't call a turkey leg like the manliest thing, but it's one of those really like visceral caveman things. Yeah. 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 It's what, satisfying that way. What do you think the manliest thing is? Popcorn. Hershey bars. <laughs> I'll have to think about it more, but I don't think I'm that manly and I really like turkey legs. So mm. throw that in there. I think the manliest thing you can eat is man. <laughs> the, the most dangerous food yeah, of all. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, just cannibalize. If you're a real man, cannibalize. <laughs> Listeners, we want to hear from you. What's the manliest food? Hashtag. <laughs> so this raised another question for me, too, because this Santa, pretty classic looking Santa, you know, rosy cheeks, white hair, white beard. Who is your favorite portrayal of Santa? Could be from a cartoon, could be live action. Hmm. Do you have one? What we think? Of course I do. It's uh, David Huddleston from 1985's classic Santa Claus, the movie. <laughs> He talks about the super duper looper. Tim Allen is fine. A little horny for me. Ed Asner and Elf, pretty good. I was going to say. He's good. I like Ed Asner <laughs> and I like the original Miracle on 34th Street Santa. Okay. Also good. Yes. I liked, um, we, we just rewatched Elf. That's a great movie because it's not cynical at all. Like mm-hmm. and they they don't wink at the camera. Like it's really good. And Ed Asner is a, is a, is a great Santa that way. He's not like, like a mean Santa or like, just like, Oh, this buddy, the elf, he's an idiot. Like he's really genuinely nice. Mm-hmm. So he's assertive, but he's nice. It's it, a wide eyed movie. Yeah. It's a good, good portrayal of what Santa would be. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I agree. A new entrant into favorite Santas, uh, John Travolta, oh. in whatever fucking commercial he's in this year. Looking like, I think it's capital one. I think it's a sure. credit card commercial. <laughs> Looking like a Botox Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Weirding me the fuck out. <laughs> what about Kenny Rogers as Santa? Has he ever been Santa, though? Doesn't we're, matter. We're, not, we're not doing dream Santas at the moment. So my this isn't really a Santa Claus like proper, but it's somebody who is pretending to be Santa. Mm-hmm. It would be the big show from Jingle All the Way. It's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to deck your halls, bub. My dad had a friend growing up who looked a lot like Santa, and... As a joke, my my dad would sometimes refer to him that way. What? And Is your dad like... Oh, man. I love a good joke. <laughs> Is your dad Don Rickles? <laughs> Are you kidding me? In conclusion, for many years of my childhood, I thought that I knew the real Santa Claus. Is your dad Dave Barry? <laughs> I hate both of you. Why Actually, did my, the my father the hero. cross the road? <laughs> Hickory dickory dock. There so once anyway, was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> Santa's looking at the dot matrix printouts of all the wish lists, and he decides, you know what? We got to make these noodle noggins. Shotzi, go down to the design office, find out what the fuck they are, get moving. But one thing about this particular Santa that I appreciated is the elves obviously work hard, right? You got a lot to do before Christmas. But he believes in a healthy work-life balance. Get cranking. And Shotzi <laughs> just... Drops trow in the middle of the room, and away we go. So Santa was like, "Get cranking," and Shotzi was like, "No, it's against the rules. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, like, I can't. I don't want to break the rules." And Santa's like, "It's fine. It's fine. Now let's go have some pudding." Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That got dark. And all the elves just didn't make it. Somebody's gonna write an academic paper on that exact topic. I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and that person is me. <laughs> you know, Shailen, I'm glad you brought up your, your dad, the insult comic, because Santa's got a little wrinkles in him as well. That's true. What's with that goatee? Is that still in? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I'm an elf. Another joke I did not understand at all. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Do elves all have goatees? I don't think they did here. I don't understand that joke. Does everybody what Hermie the elf and um, Rudolph, do they have goatees? No. No. They're all clean shaven. No, the, the boss has one. Oh, that's right. But that Hermie asshole. Doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Something to ponder as we go here. So we're back to Pinky and the Brain. Uh, they make a Donner Party reference, which just reminded me of the Far Side, which just gave me bad Far Side flashbacks. Pinky's complaining about his letter still, but they need to get the blueprints to the design office, right? So they walk in there. It's a restricted area. And who is there but Shotzi? And then the reason for Shailen picking this particular episode crystallized. Break time. Union rules. Eh, that's funny, because we don't have a union. Really? Do you think that's in the best interests of the common elf? I want you two to come with me. And Shailen and I watched this episode separately. So I was doing a little work in the office upstairs today. And I knew Shailen was watching it when all of a sudden I heard from downstairs just, Strike! Strike! <laughs> Show the man! And I was like, what? And then I put two and two together. North Pole, local 143! <laughs> <laughs> It is in the interest of the common elf to have a union. What's your point? International Brotherhood of Jinglers. The IBJ? Yeah. Yeah. Jinglers is a disgusting word. Agreed. Gross. Um, (laughs) So uh, Shotzi figures out there's some kind of a ruse. He starts pulling off the ears. There's this big chase scene. It goes on for a long time. They start getting into toy cars to try to get away. Pinky and the Brain do. And I pulled a clip here that it doesn't mean anything. I titled it What Ozzy Says to Sharon, and we'll let the listener figure that out here. Come on, mama. (laughs) (laughs) A child. uh. (laughs) So they they get captured, and the brain, he's a smart guy, tries to to make an intellectual move here. You guys aren't real elves, are you? Of course we are. We're just... Canadian elves trying to blend in, eh? Again, I laughed. I thought that was a good joke. <laughs> Tim Hortons, eh? Hashtag Tim Bits. So we go to commercial and we come back and they're in the hot seat, right? There's a spotlight on them. They're in a chair that has like Santa's belt on it or whatever. And they're being like electroshocked, which is pretty fucked up. And the elves realize that they have the plans for the noodle noggins. And jump to the conclusion that it's corporate espionage, that the mice may be working for such luminaries as the Easter Bunny, for the Tooth Fairy, for Herschel the Hanukkah Goblin. This all sets the scene for Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. Correct. The tribunal. Shared universe. Is Herschel the Hanukkah Goblin a thing? I've never heard of that. Well, there's they, only, only one way to find yeah. out. Well, does that appear in Santa Claus 3? <laughs> I'm not aware that he appears in that movie. Oh, wait. Um, I'm going to change my answer from way earlier. Martin Short in Santa Claus 3. That's my favorite Martin Short okay. performance. Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins is a real book. Okay. Uh, I don't know that Herschel is a Hanukkah Goblin, but they do appear to exist. Gotcha. All right. It won the, the Caldecott Honor in 1990, written by Eric Kimmel and uh, Tina Schartheimen. <laughs> Schartheimen. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, <Poor> <laughs> if they were making that tribunal today 
would be the elf on the shelf. What a nightmare. <laughs> Shailen, you have strong feelings about the elf on the shelf. That's true. Why is that? You love it. I don't want to normalize a police surveillance state for my child or anyone else. I think mm-hmm. it's totally fucked up. Okay. I I agree. And if if you have to put an elf out for your child to behave just once a month of the year, it's it's bullshit. I just I feel so sad for the families that feel like it's necessary to shame their kids mm-hmm. into like extra good behavior to earn presents. It's like if you're going to give presents, do it joyfully. And if you can't afford presents, then teach joyfulness through other means. You don't have to shame someone. It just, it bugs me. It's effective though. And I I might've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. If you have children that are listening to the show, first of all, shame on you. But second of all, (laughs) skip ahead like three minutes here because I'm about to to shatter a a thing here. Um, When I was a kid, I woke up one night or something. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but my um, mom was setting up Christmas and the stuff from Santa in our apartment. And I had almost caught her in the act as it were, but she heard me rustling and came to my room and told me that there was an elf who was setting stuff up. And if I came out and looked at him, he would die. But that's not the same as shaming you into good behavior for a month because otherwise you might not yeah, get stuff. Yeah, but it's stuff. all shaming. I think it's still pretty fucked up. Oh, um. it's, it's, <laughs> it's just different fucked up. It's yeah. like Kool-Aid versus Coca-Cola fucked up. That's all. Sure, yeah, Spe- yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Kool-Aid, I like my Kool-Aid with a barbiturate <laughs> and a comet to fly on. I didn't get any because I kept cranking. <laughs> hashtag no pudding for Dave. <laughs> that's quite a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> so they escape again. There's another chase scene. They go into the toy factory and the toy factory. It's very fucked up. Like there's just like googly eyes and all this stuff. It looks very toys ish. Yeah. The best Robin Williams movie. Shotzi is chasing them, but then he gets distracted. Shotzi, Santa's about to leave and he can't remember that thing he says. <laughs> Fuck kids. That's what he says. <laughs> They're actively manufacturing the, the noodle noggins and pinky and the brain to hide like they get on the assembly line now the math here is tremendous and you can only chalk it up to christmas magic right because they need to make a billion of these things and apparently they get to the north pole on christmas eve and the production didn't start until well after that but somehow all of those dolls are going on the line in like a very orderly slow fashion but they will have enough to meet demand you just saw one pod of many pods okay there's many different mills in the North Pole that, that create this stuff. It's operational efficiency at its finest, truly. It's true. I, I appreciate it. It's, um, it's very European. Yeah. Pinky's complaining about the letter again. The two mice get thrown into the reject bin because there's like a QA guy. And he like tries to rip their heads off? Yeah. Brain goes into the reject bin with a broken neck. Yeah. He shakes it off. Yeah. It's like he met the fiend Bray Wyatt and he got the Ugh. classic <laughs> horror movie neck twist. But much like the fiend Bray Wyatt's opponents... Very unable to shake that one off. Hashtag happy holobry. <laughs> WWE, merchandising geniuses that they are, have made an elf on the shelf knockoff called The Fiend on the Scene. So stupid. I swear to God, it's a real product. I can't wait for your Christmas present to me. It's going to be delightful. <laughs> Forget the John Cleese tweets. It's, uh, it's, it's Fiend on the Scene. So then the janitor elf shows up and he's smoking a candy cane joint and he looks like a dirtbag Luke Perry and he dumps them outside. I had the same exact thought. Like, yeah. This, this looks just like, like Luke Perry. Exactly <laughs> Luke Perry. R.I.P. They're outside now. They see Santa you know, getting ready to go into the sleigh. They tie themselves into 
the reindeer line. So they're like part of the crew or whatever. And there's a shot of Santa getting out of the sleigh and Shotzi just like looking skeptically at the two mice. And then the next shot is they're in the sky. So it just doesn't resolve whatsoever. It's kind of a wink. He gets it, but he's not going to make a mess of Christmas Eve over it. And he just kept yelling, that's Christmas, baby. It's true. Now I'm going to go get a slice. Santa's not about shaming, right? Like all these Mm -hmm. parents with fucking elves on the shelves. Elves on the shelves? Elves on the shelves? Elves on the shelves. Elves on the shelves. Shelves. Elves on the shelves. He's a real jingler. How would you pluralize that? Elves on (laughs) shelves. So now they're, they're flying through the sky. They are above Acme Labs, which is their home. They halo dive down through a skylight. I thought they were going to have parachutes. No, I don't know. But like, they just broke through plate glass windows. There's <laughs> horrible lacerations on their bodies. The brain makes the point that it's a very physical mission, which he doesn't care for. But it's not just that. Something else happens. Something much worse. Ray, isn't this your hypnotic transmitter? No. Yes, it is. Quickly, Pinky. We must rebuild. There's not much time. So they start building the the hypnotic transmitter again, and Santa is delivering the dolls. Now, a very special guest appears, and that, of course, is the president at the time, William Jefferson Clinton. I think that he did his own voice for this as well. Let's take a listen. (laughs) He was portraying Keanu Reeves, I think. (laughs) No, I'm entirely sure. I think he was with an intern. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Was, it, was it Monica? I don't know. Instead of a cigar, it was a candy cane? If only he could tell us. <laughs> well. <laughs> damn it. Son of a bitch. Frank Welker. Maybe he'll come back later. No, it was Bill Clinton. And maybe maybe he'll show up later. Everyone's favorite animated dog, Frank so Welker. Pinky realizes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm a real dog. <laughs> Mr. Clinton, I'm so glad you're able to make yeah, an appearance made, here. Made that Oval Office my doghouse. That's right. Well, that's what Hillary made it. <laughs> How did you connect with good German boy Tom Ruger? Oh, we connected very well, very well. I mean, it was just 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 on set <laughs> oh, yeah. chemistry right away. Mm-hmm. Did you record in a studio? Did you send the lines in? You know, were you in the studio with with Rob Paulson and Maurice Lamarche and the whole oh, crew? No, no, no. I've I've got a country to run, so I recorded it from the Oval Office. What, what did that with take? The, with, the, with the help of my interns. Ah, okay. Yeah. Were there candy canes involved? <laughs> oh. <laughs> ben, you're, uh, <laughs> I see where you're getting at. And yes, that's for a lot of candy canes. That you, Millie wasn't the only dog in the Oval Office that day. Uh, certainly not. <laughs> Bow wow. Oh, wait a minute. Millie was the <laughs> Bush's was the cat. Presidency. Oh, boy. Wow. No, Millie was a dog. Right. Boots was a cat. Boots was a cat. Yeah. Boots wasn't the only. Oh, God, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> That's that's vile. You went down a road there. Well, Mr. Clinton, stand by because well, I think we've got some more questions for uh, you. Hashtag pussy hand, I think was the word you were going for. Oh my pervert. goodness, grass on the field. So, <laughs> what does that mean, Shailen? I'm not getting into it with you right now. So anyway, so um, Pinky gets upset. He's like, "Oh, I forgot to mail my letter to Santa," and then the brain screams at him. Not a good moment for these characters. But it right, my letter to Santa, it's, it's still here. I don't care about your stupid letter. But, but I didn't give it to Santa. I, I forgot to give it to Santa Claus. And Pinky wails and screams, and the brain sends him off to flip the switch on the transmitter. 
the brain is about to flip the switch. Now, they, they zoom in on his face. I did like this. He's sweating. He's got this maniacal glint in his eye, but he has the letter in his hand. And he's like, you know what? Pinky's being a little shit about this. Let me take a look at this letter. Pinky's behavior is the most realistic toddler behavior related to Santa that I've ever seen portrayed on a screen. Does not make it enjoyable to watch. (laughs) That's probably why it's not as fun for you, because it's too real. Yeah. (laughs) I agree with you in this moment, Ben, that Pinky is incredibly infuriating. Mm -hmm. But I I think I was mad because like, Pinky, just just read the letter to Brain or just open the letter. It's, It's okay. You missed your chance. It's over. Wait till next year, Pinky. But the brain starts to read the letter. So here's just a hint of it. He is honest and very hardworking and only wants what's best for the world. But he gets no reward. He is only greeted with defeat. (laughs) Which is a very interesting way to look at what the brain tries to do. Yeah. Which is take over the world. And I mean, the letter is fine. It's very schmaltzy. You know, it's it's a Christmas special. But then you get to the PS and the PS may be the best part of the whole episode. P.S. By any chance do you have in that big old bag of yours the world? And I laughed and I laughed. <laughs> the 30 piece orchestra. I enjoyed it, yeah. It's beautiful. The, the, the swell of music. Yeah, the way the great. line is written, um, the, the ask, it's very funny. I, I enjoyed also, it a lot. LaMarche's reading of it. The world. <laughs> it's very, very good. Now Pinky throws the switch. Because even though his best friend just scolded him and made him cry and didn't let his letter get to Santa, mm-hmm. he is a dutiful mouse. He is a best friend. He is unswayable in trying to help the brain achieve his goals. But what this allows us to do is get back to a, a very special friend. Hey, look at that. <laughs> now you might say, is that Jimmy James from News Radio? But no, it's in fact... President William Jefferson Clinton. I'm back. (laughs) Did you have, you know, like laryngitis that day, Mr. President? Or I was not feeling good. I could have used a could use a lozenger, maybe a candy cane, Um, maybe an intern. Yeah. Ew. (laughs) Something to suck on. Now, Mr. Clinton, when you cast New York's electoral votes this week, was that like a good feeling? Were you happy to do it? Oh, very much so. Did you see any of your old friends from Picky in the Brain? (laughs) Yeah, Maurice was there, Ron Paulson. Uh, uh, they were sure. all casting votes, too. Sure. It was a big fraud, a big, big, big conspiracy. That's good stuff. We're stealing that election. <laughs> now, Shelly, do you have any questions for former president? I, I don't at this time. No. No. All I can say is hashtag don't stop the steal. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hit us up on WatchBot's pod. Hashtag don't stop the steal. It's, it's a, not a steal. It's a double hashtag. It's not a steal. So, Pinky throws the switch, and the brain has his big moment, right? This is his chance all these dolls are hypnotizing everybody. It's like Batman forever. And here's his chance. And what does he do? I command you to. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a Merry, Merry Christmas. Joy to the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and of course, we got one more cameo out of this. <laughs> Again, J- Jimmy James sound in there, but a little bit. You know, the recording equipment in '95 wasn't everything it could have been. I was doing my best. They said sound like President Bill Clinton. I said, "What does Bill Clinton sound like?" I was mm-hmm. trying to get into character. How do you how do you channel such machismo, such charisma, such leadership? 
So I said, let's let's get a little more southern. <laughs> you eat a turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> you get an intern, you go to town. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's a holiday special, so you need that real feel-good ending, which you get here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Brian. Is that necessary? Nope. Mark the heralding no. the Joy to the world and peace to all people and all that stuff. So that is, uh, I think it's the Pinky in the Brain Christmas, up Pinky in the Brain Christmas. Yeah. Uh. Whatever. Look at your clip art. You'll find it in there. Would you show this special to an impressionable youth? Shailen? Hell yeah. It was a great show. Two out of five. <laughs> Dave? It was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, I would. No qualms here. No no issues. Yeah. The, yeah. the good propane joke. <laughs> Not since King of the Hill have we seen such a good propane joke. <laughs> it's true. And like, if you... Uh, I feel bad for the kids these days. They are not getting the propane jokes that we got in our youth that mm-hmm. shaped us into the podcast hosts that we all are now. Mm-hmm. I should watch King of the Hill from start to finish. Should you? Yeah, I think I should. Okay. There's your resolution. Yeah. Yeah, that's my resolution. Sounds good. And uh, also lose 10 pounds. I'm going to get that gym membership. I'm going to cut down on the sweets. Do you have sweets here? <laughs> the, the listeners won't see that visual take of you looking around the room, but really that, that, dead, that dead air will translate very well, I'm sure. And let's go with one to five presidential cameos and pick the presidents. Shailen. Abraham Lincoln. Okay. William Howard Taft. Mm-hmm. Bush Sr., Bush Jr., mm-hmm. Clinton, Obama, and President-elect Biden. I give it seven presidents. Wow. Oh, wow. Really, really like this show. It is schmaltzy to the exact degree that I want out of a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me cry, but it made me feel things. Like fury over unionization. I had It had jokes <laughs> that made me laugh. It was festive without sacrificing the plot line mm-hmm. or without dropping the regular characterization. So it's true to itself. It hit the notes. Okay. And the music is great. Dave? It's five out of five for me, and that those presidents are Taft, Garfield, McKinley, Coolidge, and Eisenhower. Um, <laughs> just a, a murderer's row of presidents. Sure. Uh, but uh, I, it's five out of five for me. It, it's pretty much exactly what Shailen's saying. Like, it is a great Christmas special. It doesn't veer too far from the characters or the general plot, and actually, it, I think it, you know uses the the formula to its advantage there and um and it elevates it so yeah i just i really like this i thought i was gonna have the problem i had with tiny tunes where it was just like jesus christ these characters are annoying but even pinky like it was it was fine so like it's it's five out of five yeah i'm gonna go with a four out of five with those four being andrew jackson old hickory william henry harrison millard fillmore and then james henry harrison (laughs) I go with the classics. It was good. I, you know, I enjoyed the watch. You know, I liked that there were jokes for all ages, something to titillate all the senses. I just found the pinky character to be just so off-putting. Like that last clip, like him just screaming narf, like that's not funny. Like that's not, 
interesting. Like it's just it's very irritating. Disagree. Narf 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 is is very funny. Bellow it into the microphone at random times. Maybe we're talking, but yeah, I just I had a real struggle with that character. And call me a Grinch, you know? Maybe I'm Grinchified. You are a Grinch. But you're just hypersensitive. That's true. I'm a man of 2020. But yeah, no, it's good. It's it's worth checking out. So there you go. Now onto a game filled with sugar plums and wassail. Shailen, over to you. I'd like to welcome you <laughs> to play a, a game. Okay. Based on a segment. Uh-huh. This is stop making fun of me. I can't help that my nose is stuffy. Yeah, whatever, nerd. You've heard of the voice acting power hour. Sure. Indeed. But today you're gonna deal with not enjoy, but deal with uh-huh. the voice acting power spreadsheet. Nice. Can't wait. Yeah. 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 Voice acting power bottom. Can't wait. So as you guys know. Mm-hmm. A lot of my intrigue with these cartoons that we talk about, these kids shows that we talk about, is the crossover from actor to actor, and like, do certain people have specialties or whatever? So I have the, I cross-referenced the list of the hundred things that we've talked about. Uh-huh. Stop making fun of me. It's more the specialties. Like, I, are they doctors? Like, this guy's a phlebotomist. Oh no, no, Ben! It's a special move that the interns perform. <laughs> My goodness. No, but like they call it the snow baby you have frank Walker, <laughs> who's always the dog or you have vincent price who just shows up to be vincent price like different people have things i understand i started with the catalog of everything we've talked about we had 100 episodes today's 101 right i think so yes. roughly that's correct roughly. yes more or less rob paulson and maurice lamarche pinky and brain mm-hmm. appear in a significant number of these shows that we've watched like okay. a shit ton of them so I have figured out a loose approximation of how many, which ones they've appeared in. So there are some exceptions where I give them a credit, even though it wasn't the specific show. So for example, they were both in an iteration of Scooby-Doo. So I gave them a point for just being in all the Scooby-Doo's we talked about. Okay. So even though they weren't both in a pup named Scooby-Doo. So now we're going to do some fun statistics guessing games. Did you cross-reference actors with every show that we've talked about? It's just these two. Okay. That's crazy. Did you make a pivot table? I didn't have to make a pivot table. (laughs) Oh, man. I used a formula. I love a good pivot table. Is there conditional formatting involved? I don't want you to judge me. How much uh, cell concatenation did you do? (laughs) None. You're a genius. No macros? Didn't use any macros. V lookups? No. That's my move. That's my power move. (laughs) It's true. People are always like, hey, how'd you do that? Stud, and I'm like, V look up, baby. Stuff like that. All right. Stud stuff. Hashtag stud stuff. I'm going to name a cartoon uh-huh. or a show that we, we have done. And you're going to tell me Pinky was in it, Brain was in it, or both of them was in it. And then we have a bonus round at the end. What will your buzzwords be? <laughs> B movie. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to be literal buzzing <laughs> oh, okay hmm narf i'm gonna go uh, with narf uh in a power duper, move you super also super looper damn it. oh boy that's a good one Ugh, i hate it maybe mine will be vendicoop oh 
I got one. I got one. I, I'm changing mine. It's Papa Shisho. <laughs> I accept. All right. Are you ready? Mine will be, oh, fuck. Oh, mine's going to be, Jamie. <laughs> mine's going to be, uh, oh, of course, the CEO of Sherman Industries. <laughs> Scott Sherman. Here we go. I think we're ready. Mm-hmm. California dreams. Put the cookie down. Go ahead. Neither. Neither. Good job. Camp Candy. We're getting scammed by a kidney gun. Go ahead. Just one of them? You have, Do to, I have say to guess which one Which is? one? Oh, uh, Maurice <laughs> LaMarche. Well done. Challenge of the GoBots. Ta-ta, Turtle Man. Ben. Both. No. That's incorrect. Were they both in it? Well, my number got messed up. Ben doesn't up. know this. <laughs> <laughs> so confident, though. And that's the secret to my life, folks, is you just you say things confidently just and you hope nobody follows up. <laughs> fake it till you make it. <laughs> no, you're wrong, Ben. I was right. You're wrong. No point. <laughs> Happy holidays to me. Conan the Adventurer. Turtle doves. Go ahead, Ben. <laughs> A pinky. <laughs> Neither. No. Darkwing Duck. Smiling's my favorite. Go ahead. Both of them. No, I'm sorry. Oh, what? Dennis the Menace. Frank Sinatra. Chilly Willy. (laughs) Chilly Willy. (laughs) Uh, Brain. That's correct. Yeah, I need that one. How? A heart is not like a pair of skates. What does that mean? It's from Home Alone 2, the, the, the pigeon woman. I know what you're talking about, but what, that doesn't answer my question. She's tired of, she's, she emigrated to America and became homeless because her heart was broken. And Kevin's talking about skates. <laughs> Everybody knows that scene. One of my um, favorite things about our, our sometimes co-host, Mike, <laughs> is that he he went to New York on a trip once with his uh, then-girlfriend. And he sends me a picture, and it's just this overpass from a park and i'm like what the fuck is this and like a few i didn't hear anything no context didn't hear anything from him and then a few days later he goes did you get my picture i'm like yeah what, what is it he goes that's the bridge where he meets home with the pigeon lady it's <laughs> like yes yes it is anyway nice little i love there. that so much <laughs> captain planet the super duper looper go ahead dave maurice lamarche well done Denver, the last dinosaur. Oh, uh, um, uh, bu- I'm buzzing in. Yes. Um, Ron Paulson. Yes. DuckTales. Woo! Down the hall to the left. Both. Correct. Eek the cat. You funny guy. Go ahead, Dave. Neither. That's correct. All right. Now. For the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Fuck. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Fuck. I love you. Go ahead. The brain. No. Uh, famously, <laughs> where Ron Paulson met Maurice LaMarche. Who? Rob Paulson met mm. Maurice LaMarche. I thought you were about his brother Ron Paulson. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> they met as Mumato and Zoltan. Mm-hmm. Of course. And the Attack of Kim- the 
the attack of the killer tomatoes. Oh, Potatoes. A Freudian slip now, huh? Potatoes. How heavy is that crowd? All right. Obviously, we've established not so great at this guessing game. What are you talking uh, about? How many of, points do I have? It's four you to three. Two points. No, Ben, ben has is, three. Ben has two points. I have three. Dave and I both agree that I have three. I don't think that's true. All right, so it's three to five. If we agree that I have three, then such a winner must I be. Out of a hundred episodes uh-huh. of things that we've discussed, one hundred opportunities for voice actor power hour. Right. Yeah. How many voice actor power hours included or would have included Pinky and the Brain? <laughs> what the segment that we cut because you one or the other? Because it's always stop the same. In. <laughs> So how many shows included one of them? At least one of them? At least one of them. Oh, at least one of them. Okay. Good. Um, we get, we're guessing the, the number or the percentage? The number or the percentage would I guess be that, I guess that would be the same. In this case. <laughs> it depends on how much math you want to do. It's 100 episodes. So it's it's out of 100. Good. Yeah. Good work, Dave. I'm going to say 76%. I was going to say 73. You're both wrong. 51%. Oh. Huh. And that is mostly attributed to the fact that they don't do live action, and we have done many live action shows. Yeah, they don't do live action. It's beneath them. And also our commercial breaks don't include voice actors. Oh, God, those two shows that we did. Fuck. Can you picture LaMarche on the set of Goosebumps? Like, no way. Too cheap for him. Would you like to guess? Yes. Seven. How many of our 100 episodes Pinky and the Brain appeared together for shows that we've watched. One, or, Pinky and the Brain. Not necessarily like they weren't in the same, but they both were in the same series. Right, Pinky and the Brain, one. Dave? Ben's obviously wrong. So. What do you, you said help. I think I'm. It's calls for mis- another Unsolved Mystery segment. I think I'm. <laughs> okay. I think I'm this, misunderstanding the question. The question is, <laughs> of the ben hundred shows. Back in. Ben can try again. Okay. Of the hundred shows we've watched. Yes. Yeah. How many of those shows featured both of these voice actors at some point? Oh, okay. Not in the same episode, just at, at Not some necessarily point. in the same episode, so but they both were in the same. So it's some subset of 51. 37. Dave, would you like to hazard a guess? <laughs> From my favorite Boston Bruin, Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> oh, I think they're, they're good buds and they always give each other jobs. 45%. You're both over. <laughs> of course, by how much? The count that I came up with, now again, it's a little bit loose. So I would have gone, I would have ranged it. So Like an intern. Nine, <laughs> 19. 19 out of 51. 19 out of 51. Okay. 19, they both age. had appearances. <laughs> Death taxes in us being horrifically wrong on over-under games. Uh, well, I mean, just welcome to our level, Ben. You're, yeah. You're, yeah. It's usually me and Shailen uh, fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the ultimate bonus round. Oh my god. <laughs> would you like to guess I'm So tired. You each get to pick uh since Dave's ahead, he gets to pick which person he's going to do without going on IMDb. How many IMDb credits does Maurice LaMarche have? Wow. We'll go closest without going over. <laughs> Jesus. 230. All right. Ben. 12,000. No. Um How many <laughs> IMDb credits does Rob Paulson have? How about this? Here's a question. This is a technical question. I spend a little time in the IMDb from time to time. Are we talking just actor? Yes. Or like special thanks? Actors. Just actor. 100 
and 12. I'd like to congratulate Dave on his astounding win this evening. Maurice LaMarche, 382 voice Whoa. actor appearances. Hack. Rob Paulson, 524. Jeez. Oh, some standards. Shit. Ben, you were way off. You were, you were not even within 25%, Ben. So dumb. Obviously, you don't follow this man on Instagram, so you don't know how often he's recording new stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't follow him on Instagram. That's true. But the show does. And thusly, I was aware that he is many I, credits. I only follow the account that posts pictures of the, the side of the Mortal Kombat 4 cabinet that show Quan Chi. It's in different <laughs> arcades. That's the Instagram account I follow. <laughs> Thank you both. For playing. I also follow Dave Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited for the new Mortal Kombat movie coming out in April? Is it coming out in April? I thought it got delayed. Maybe it was delayed. Regardless, but, yes. Oh, man. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. So what's the name of this game? Thank you for playing. Voice actor, power spreadsheet. Do you want a little reverb under that? Yes. Yeah, yes. Right. Absolutely, yeah. she does. Now on to the greatest holiday tradition of them all. Oh, Santa's mailbag. <laughs> Santa sack. Let's pull out some coal, baby. Hey, freaks. The holidays are here, which can mean only one thing. Christmas songs all the day, every day. What's your favorite non-mainstream Christmas song? I don't want that Sinatra or Cole BS. Cole. Get it? Cole. Um, <laughs> give me some real underground Yuletide tracks. Love Yuletide Brinner. Yuletide. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Non-mainstream Christmas songs. From the Kringle and I. <laughs> or from Cool Runnings. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's already cold. Oh, <laughs> My favorite Christmas song, but this is on the radio all the time, is, is Last Christmas by Wham. Mm -hmm. But a song that you, you rarely hear on the radio, if at all, and one that doesn't come up in any like Spotify playlists or anything like that, like the, the mainstream ones anyway, is uh, sure. Santa Claus Wants Some Lovin'. <laughs> okay. Yes. Did you make that up? Can you can you sing a few bars? Let's see. Mama in the kitchen cooking, and the kids are fast asleep. It's time for good old Santa Claus to get his midnight creep. Santa <laughs> Claus wants some lovin'. Boop, 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 Who sings this? Oh, shit. I, it's, I have it. There's a couple, a couple versions of it. Uh, I can look it up right here. Albert King. Huh. Albert King. It's just about a horny dude who, who sure. wants, wants to have sex with his wife near Christmas. It's, yeah. It's, it's Checks hilarious. Out. Yeah. Not just any dude. Santa Claus. That's right. It tracks for mm -hmm. this, this podcast co-host. And we're not talking reindeer tracks, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. What about you guys? Shailen? I don't know that I have a an explicitly Christmas song, but there's... <laughs> okay. Hear so, me out. Hear okay, me out. All right. I associate the song Sisters from White Christmas, and that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. That, that, that but fits. it's You're... rare that you'd be like cruising through on the radio and, and hear like, God help the sister who comes between me and my mister. See, I was going to make a smart ass remark and say it doesn't get less mainstream than White Christmas, but I think by your parameters, you're correct. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know how hot a take this is. I mm -hmm. find Bing Crosby to be one of the most boring singers in the history of music. 
What are you talking about? Your taste in music is questionable as always, Dave. His voice is so soporific. It just puts me to sleep. Even, means even when he has like peppy songs. White Christmas is so fucking dull because sure. of Bing Crosby. He is the worst part of that movie. No, he's not. The worst part of the movie is the old general. No, the, the fucking no. The, actually, the worst oh, part of the movie is the song they sing about the general to teep. Like somehow he gets to New York and like. Oh yeah, that is the worst part. Yeah, yeah that's a, what can you do with a general? What when can he you stops do with a broken sailor? A general. What can you do? Yeah. I think that is a poignant, lovely song, and I think that Bing Crosby <laughs> se- se- sells it and sings it in a delightful way. He was a monster, right? Oh yeah, he was. He, yes. Beat right. most of his kids. <laughs> I was like, terribly. was it him or Nat King Cole? I know it was one of these. I don't think Nat King Cole was, uh, uh, but I I am fine saying Bing Crosby is the most boring singer in the history of music because (laughs) because of he's a monster of a human being or was was dead now was yes I think one or two of his kids killed themselves over how much he didn't like them yeah it was like pretty (laughs) fucked up anyway I have a few answers for this this fun question Merry Christmas. Maybe these are mainstream. Maybe they're not. Number one, Jimmy Buffett, Moleka Meki Maka. See, I, I like the it. Bing Crosby version of that one. Yeah, but Jimmy Buffett, not like, as much. You of a actually monster. want to listen to the song. I think that song is mainstream, but I think Jimmy Buffett's is not. I think that okay. Counts. Okay. Number two on my list here, maybe debatably mainstream. A lot of lot of versions of it. Man in the bag or man with the bag. <laughs> man in the bag is a different song. Um, uh, you know, I'm I, I the man in the bag. Longtime listeners will know I have set up a Spotify playlist with no less than 45 versions of Man with the Bag. Um, <laughs> from that fucking hack Seth MacFarlane to all kinds of singers. And our son hates that song, incidentally, it's so it's pretty funny. Um, so I'm a fucking dude, I'm a man with the bag. And I'm gonna come down chimneys with a bucket of coal. Then I'm gonna eat cookies and steal your wife. You better take out that jam rag, cause <laughs> I'm the man with the bag. I was gonna be on a 9-11 flight. Now Fox pays me $40 billion to do nothing but shit. I'm the man with the bag. Man with the wow. bag. All right. Here's a Peter Griffin gag. Now, number three. It's a song I've come to love. Um, little derided upon its release in 1985, since seen as a cult classic by many, from renowned singer Sheena Easton. We're divorcing. The end credit song to Santa Claus the movie. It's Christmas all over the world. <laughs> I'm going to read you some lyrics here. I have them right in front of me. All my life, I tried to do what's right. First star I see tonight, make my wish come true. Why can't we join hands around one tree? Let live and let it be. May Christmas last forever. When Santa's flying in his magic sleigh goes all around the world in just a day, from the North Pole to the Southern Tip, hell yeah, he makes his trip with love to give away. Hear him say, it's Christmas. It is such a fucking grating, horrible song. It's a power ballad. I was trying to cook the other day. In the classic mid-80s version. Ben came up to me with his phone on full fucking blast <laughs> and gave me a migraine blasting this horrible piece of shit that goes with a worse movie. It didn't give you a migraine. Let's not be dramatic. But the recordings you'll find on YouTube are a little rough because the song's not on Spotify. Because it's a bad song. So the version that I found appears to have been taken from the VHS. So it's got like static behind it. That's good. I heard a Debbie Gibson version of Sleigh Ride. 
Okay. And it's it, there's nothing so like what I appreciate when artists come out with like different versions of Christmas songs. Tons of albums are released every year. But what I like what I appreciate is when they try to do something different. Like Walking in the Winter Wonderland by uh the Eurythmics. It's very different. I don't like the song, but it's very different sounding. I can appreciate sure. that. Like when Dolly Parton sings it and it's yeah. just joyful. Yeah. Debbie Gibson sings Sleigh Ride, just like it should be sung, like you learn in school. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that the that the producers of the song did was just add this very shrill Sleigh Ride, Sleigh Ride. Like <laughs> Throughout the song, and it's really asynchronous, and mm-hmm. it's just, oh, it's awful. I hate it so much. But it, it's kind of growing on me in, like, a, a bad bruise kind of way. Like, I, I, I want to <laughs> That's my musical taste. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love it. I would like to amend my original answer. Okay. An update with the entire Raffi Christmas album, but specifically Snows of Falling on Douglas Mountain. Can you sing a few bars? Snow is a falling on Douglas Mountain. That's what I, you can't hear that. Snow is a falling on. Snow is a falling on Douglas Mountain. No. Is that Mark Wahlberg? (laughs) That was certainly not Raffi. That was definitely Raffi. It was Ralphie, the the, the character that Mark Wahlberg plays in the big hit. Oh. And also (laughs) Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Yeah. Who did not go on to star in porn. Did go into Star in the Dirt by Kid. Uh, listeners, we want to hear from you, your favorite holiday music things, uh, mainstream or non-mainstream, hashtag holiday tunes. Tunes. Yuletide tunes. O-U-N-E-S. It's a portmanteau. O-U? Yeah, it's a portmanteau of tunes and tunes. Because we're talking about cartoons. I think, I think you can just kind of say, I think it's just an oral thing, that the portmanteau. You don't have to spell it. Then. Mm-hmm. That's my holiday gift to you. So a happy holiday season Jesus, (laughs) to all our listeners out there, whatever holiday you celebrate, may vaccines be coming your way, may uh, your glows be merry and bright, may your your booze cabinets be filled with sugar plums. What holiday wishes do you guys want to send to our listeners? May, you know, just... Good, have a good Christmas. Ha- happy holiday season. We're not to Christmas yet, so happy Advent and all the other happy shit that goes with it. Mm-hmm. The non-Christian ones, too. I think this saying can be applied to all year round, but season's greetings. There's four seasons. Yes, season's greetings. To you and yours. Season's to greetings. you and yours. <laughs> Reminds me it's of... Eggnog. What's in there? Uh, another underrated holiday film was a bit derided upon its release in 1985, but, but it's, it's become a cult classic. Season's Greetings, of course, in Santa Claus, the movie. I think it's like the day after Thanksgiving, and the skies open up and it starts snowing, and all the little elves, of course, the Vendicomb, they all start shaking hands and going, Season's Greetings! Season's Greetings! And it's it's very disturbing. <laughs> it's real uncomfortable, like... We started with the episode talking about cults. We're ending it talking about a weird elf cult. About vindicults. I like that. Season screenings. May your families not force you to watch Santa Claus the movie Mm. this year. I know what I'm doing after recording. (laughs) May you get a fresh pair of kids under your Christmas tree. Ooh, I like it. You can follow us on Twitter and ho ho Instagram and uh, happy 
Holla Facebook, um, <laughs> Watch Watch Pod. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Hanukkah Tunes and um, Spot Up. Yule. Uh, <laughs> Spot Up Fuel. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, there's a there's a solstice reference in there somewhere. Sure. Solstify. For Lump of Coal, Shalyn, and um, Chocolate Orange, Dave. Ugh. This, is, <laughs> this is... I'd rather be the coal. It's the worst treat. This is uh, the North Star, Ben. Now, you would expect that we would do a Ringo Star thing, and we're not going to do that this week. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna give the listeners a little bit of a different holiday thing, mm-hmm. but don't worry, it is still Beatles related. A holiday tradition that has gone away a bit is the idea of the Christmas Carol and the Christmas medley. So I've selected three Beatles themed Christmas songs for us. We'll do a few minutes, a few hours of them together. We'll move on. And it'll be our gift to listeners. Are you are you both prepared for this? Yes. I think so. Number one, that fucking bad John Lennon and Yoko Ono song. So this is Christmas. So this is Christmas. That, that's the one. So we'll... I beat my first one. Merry Christmas, John. I still am Christmas, Okay. Uh, and now, number two. Paul McCartney's uh, well-loved song, Wonderful Christmas Time. And I'm having a Christmas cheer. Wonderful Christmas time. You're like James Caan and Elf. You need to you need to get into it. Hey, you're not singing. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm doing it, kid. Please follow James Caan on Twitter. It's a delight. I will do that. Yeah. And last but not least, everybody's favorite Beatles themed Christmas song. Do they know it's Christmas time? Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. But tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Happy holidays, folks. It won't be snowing in Africa this Christmas time. Chill, chill, I wish everybody happy holidays as Ringo Starr. Ah, happy holidays. Yes, and feed the world as Christmas as Ringo Starr. Come on. Feed the world. Feed the world. Dibbly dibbly. It's Christmas. It's Christmas time. Dibbly do.